I'm Shanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, the only Packers podcast available 365 days a year. If you are listening to this on Thursday before Thursday Night Football, you probably recognize my voice because I was just the host of the Wednesday episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. So I am Maggie Loney, and I have two different co-hosts today because my regulars, Jimmy and Jacob, are both going through a little bit of stuff right now. Uh, Thoughts and prayers to both of them. But uh, I'm joined by Dan Kotnick and Gabe Bridgeford. So... Welcome, guys. There's a there's a lot, I guess, to talk about and also not a lot to talk about because I don't know if this game should be happening. So I guess, Dan, I'll, I will start with you and some of your first impressions going into this Thursday Night Football game um, with the high number of COVID cases. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, like this, uh, this whole setup just reflects accurately the, uh, the, the feel that we've got coming into Thursday Night Football is complete people that are completely unqualified like myself coming in here and being a part of, uh, you know, the big stage. So, um, yeah, like you said it right off the bat, like there's a really good case for this game not to happen like at all. Even, even before everything that happened today with Brandon, Ayuk and, uh, Samuels and, uh, who's it? Trent Williams, the other one that all were placed on the list, um, on Wednesday and not going to be in the game for Thursday. Even before then, like there's a pretty good case that you probably should have just out of abundance of caution, not played this game. But um, I mean, Wu Tang said it like cash moves everything around me. Like this is, <laughs> this is what the NFL wants, man. Like they are going to force this game to happen and they don't care if it's the worst NFL game you've ever seen. It's going to be placed on live TV on Fox Fox is going to make the advertisers happy and NFL is going to be happy that they didn't miss a game. They don't care that it, it, if it's going to look bad or look good on them, they just want the game to happen. So ethically, no, it shouldn't happen, but it'll happen. Yeah. So Gage, we found out, you know, obviously that there were a couple players, uh, Dan listed them. You got Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, Trent Williams for the 49ers as the Packers are on a plane to San Francisco. Uh, we're finding out that more 49ers are unable to play on Thursday night football. So I guess what were your first impressions of that? And did you think maybe that this would be cause for the game to be delayed or, you know, looking at this depleted roster, the 49ers don't have really any recognizable starters that are available for them tonight. Um, so yeah, I'm um, so for me, it's, it's tough because I, if you've listened to me talk at all over the last several months, I've been very um, like I've, I work in a hospital, so I'm interacting with COVID every day and I've been like, there's no way the NFL season happens. They're not in a bubble. I don't care if they're testing every day. You just, you can't, you can't, you can't do it. Like baseball pulled it off and basketball pulled it off because they were in a bubble. I'm still surprised that the NFL season has gotten to this point 
And now that bye weeks aren't happening, the NFL real or bye weeks have happened for teams like Green Bay. You you don't have a choice. You have to ram the game through. There's no there's no path. You you didn't give yourself an extra week at the end of the season because Super Bowl Sunday's got to happen on its day. So, I mean, personally, I think that the game should have been canceled or swap somebody else in. I don't know what you do, but I you you just you it's 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 reckless. You just had Green Bay have a not an outbreak, but had cases on at the beginning of the week. San Francisco is having more positives today. Obviously, talking when we see more cases out of them tomorrow. Yeah, so I mean, we're seeing an increased number of cases in the NFL, and whether or not the games are still played, obviously, it seems like they're going to move full steam ahead regardless. So then, Dan, I guess one of the questions becomes: looking at uh, this Packers kind of depleted roster with injuries, obviously, their running backs room is not full steam ahead. Aaron Jones questionable instead of doubtful this week. So I guess that's some improvement, but by all accounts, he still seems like a game time decision. So kind of knowing what we know about this Packers injury report, and then this 49ers injury report, what are some of your initial thoughts going into Thursday night's game? And, you know, are there any advantages now for the Packers with this 49ers team not being full strength, even though the Packers themselves are not full strength? That's a really good question. I mean, you would have to think that the first advantage is like it's a it's going to be the easiest team that this defense has played. So they better come out and look like world beaters against Nick Mullins and you know the the Jackson Five, whoever he has coming out there with them. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's the first thing that I thought of is like this needs to be this needs to be the game that the defense shows up because I think anything with this with this defensive, the, the, all the, all the breaks have now happened for you, you know, like, yes, you lose Kevin King, Vernon Scott, and Will Redmond, but you know, as much as Will Redmond is, you know, a, he, he, I'm sure a great person on the football field, it feels more like, you know, kind of almost a addition by subtraction, not having Will Redmond out there for right now, but like overall, like this defense is pretty healthy and you're going up against, like I said, a a nobody squad with the San Francisco offense. So anything less than really like not, not, not sheer domination, but just a complete handle on this game is all you need to expect from, from this defense. That's the first thing that jumped out to me was with all the injuries, especially when I saw Brandon Ayuk was out, I'm like, there's no more excuses now for this defense. Like this needs to be the game that they come out and this needs to be their best game of the season by, by far. Yeah, and I think going into this week, the expectation was that, you know, Brandon Ayuk was going to have reservations on Jair Island, and that was probably going to be like the one matchup that this Packers defense had to be concerned about. So then, Gage, I guess the question is, knowing what we know now about this 49ers team where, you know, Dan said, regardless of kind of who they they tout out there for their wide receiving core, you know, whoever is available at running back, because their running backs room is also decimated like the Packers, do you have concerns for this Packers defense still, or do you think that this kind of aligns with exactly the get right name that this Packers team needs? This is the get right game that the team needs, but it's more, it's the get right game that Petten needs. We've, I I know that all of us are on Twitter. We all see all of the slander that Petten is rightfully getting. He's got Montrevious Adams and Kenny Clark dropping back in coverage. He's got Preston Smith covering out as a left as a left cornerback on I think it was Kyle Rudolph, but it might have been Chad Beebe. I don't know. He's trying to do too much. This is the perfect game to 
the old kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. You have a quarterback behind who is missing his best offensive lineman, his top two running backs, his best offensive weapon in George Kittle, his top three receivers, his fourth receiver is dealing with an injury. This is the easiest chance. Or this is the best chance Petten has of having a dominant game. Dan, I know you said that he didn't even have a dominant game, but it's not hard to have one. Put eight defenders in the box or seven, whatever, how just put all of your, put your corners on man coverage. Cause guess what? They're going to be able to hang with these receivers. It's not going to be hard. And then just say, run it. I dare you. And if you get beat that way, then it's no longer Petten's fault. If Petten puts his guys in the box, it just loads the box and says, run it. And they run it on, run it on your throat. One, San Francisco has got a great offensive scheme, but two, you you put your guys in a position to succeed. They didn't make plays. But if Petten doesn't do that, which obviously we said before we got on here, that's a big if. If he can just do that, all of the heat is no longer on him. And anybody that's still giving him heat is somebody that doesn't really understand the game. All he's got to do, and I know that it, I'm, it's it's simple because this team is so limited because of all their injuries and weapon and just everything they're dealing with. Just pressure the quarterback. Put everybody in the box, and if he throw, and if he tries to throw, blitz him, and leave your corners on same man coverage because they're going to be able to hold up. It's not hard. I'm not smart, but I can figure that out. <laughs> but you know what, what Gage? I'm, I'm sorry, Maggie. No, go um, ahead. like what you're saying, Gage. Like it's almost a no-win situation. I feel like for Mike Pettin, because like if you come out here and you dominate with this defense. Everyone's going to say, yeah, like you should have been dominating. Like you, like that's what's expected of you to come out here and do this. And then if you lose or you get, or it looks like you're back in Minnesota or, or something, then it's, then it's like, well, like what kind of defensive coordinator are you? Like he's almost in a no win situation with this. He's in a no win situation, depending on how he does the scheme. Like I think if he, if he schemes poorly and they get run on, then it's it's the it's the scheme's fault. Like I said, if he just if he schemes well, because we've all criticized him, um, we've all criticized him nonstop. I've seen plenty of plays of him having guys drop into weird areas, him having just weird coverages. Just stop trying to do too much. He's trying to like I get that his whole thing is exotic looks and stuff like that, but this is one of the times where it's best to not do that. Show Nick Mullins what you're gonna do and make him adjust out of it make him make the calls you are you you've shown the ability to have a good dominant defense at times earlier this year they flummoxed the crap out of kirk cousins of the vikings who for all of kirk cousins problems he's a better quarterback than nick mullins and if you don't agree that's fine i don't like i don't like kirk cousins but i still think he's better than nick mullins just don't don't do too much and yeah people are gonna people are gonna nitpick no matter what we all know that it's how the world works nothing's perfect someone's going to find something to be mad about. But if he does his job, the people that know what they're talking about, such as you guys, such as Andy Herman, uh, Dusty, all the other people in the Packard Twitter verse and the people that are like, not so much the big talking heads, but like people that know what they're talking about in football, they'll know Mike Pettin did his job. If his guys didn't do it, that's their fault. But if Pettin does his job, that's what matters. And we will know that. You'll see negative comments on Twitter, but that doesn't matter as long as the negative comments are coming from people that don't know what they're doing and Petten did his job right. We don't know that he's going to, but it's possible. I have my fingers crossed. 
Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit and Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. So I think then the question is, you know, normally we would save this for the end of the show, but before we kind of switch over to the Packers offense, uh, Gage, I'll start with you then. What do you see this final score ending up like? I mean, do you think that it's kind of a track meet or do you think that we're going to see the Packers actually lock it down on defense and we see kind of a respectable score here from this defense? So this score, I've been tracking it because I bet this uh, line Earlier today, so Wednesday morning, was at Green Bay favored by five and a half. It's now moved all the way to Green Bay minus seven. The total went from from 50 all the way down to 48 and a half. So it's moved a point and a half in both directions. Vegas thinks that Green Bay is going to win this game handily, and I agree. I think that Mike Pettin, this is the game where he gets right and he gets out of his own head. I think that we're getting to the point in the year where you, he's got to get out of his own way and just let his guys go make plays. Jair Alexander can, is going to go lock up whoever he wants. You could put Jair on Jamichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon all night because that's the best weapon that this San Francisco offense ha- has left if you wanted to. I, don't, I wouldn't recommend that, but you could. Um, I think that Green Bay is going to end up winning this game pretty handily. I think that San Francisco probably puts up about 13. I think that they get like one long drive touchdown, maybe a couple field goals in there. Cause Robbie gold is still a good kicker. Uh, and San Francisco doesn't have as bad of weather as some of the Midwest has had over the past week. Granted today it was 70 degrees here. So, um, I think the green Bay ends up winning probably like 30 to 13, somewhere in that range. So ultimately I think the under would hit, uh, on the 48 and a half, but I think Green Bay covers. I just think that this Green Bay team, for all of their injuries and all of their issues, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, man. This San Francisco defense is a shell of what it was last year, partially due to guys leaving, partially due to injuries. Like that was what that was what dominated Green Bay last year was this defensive front. And DeForest Buckner's gone. Uh, Solomon Thomas is injured. Nick Bosa's injured. Just this front and this defense is not what it was. So I think Green Bay wins this game pretty handily. Okay, so then, Dan, I guess the question is, you know, kind of knowing what the spread is for this game and knowing who the Packers are missing on defense, what are your thoughts for the score here? Because we know, you know, friend of the show, Ben Fennell, who's on every other Sunday with Andy Herman, pulled up the stat that the Packers are the only team in the NFL that are giving up 100% of points in the red zone, whether it's, you know, they have 23 drives, 17 of them were touchdowns, six of them were field goals. So do you think that we see any type of progress on that front on Thursday night? Or do you think that this is a team that if the 49ers are able to get in the red zone, they will score points? No, I, I agree pretty close. Like I was, I had numbers in my head before Gage and I don't, 
I'll, I'll say it. I, I, I was not, I'm not trying to copy Gage here. I had, I had, I was looking at 31, 16 was like a, a pretty good score for me because I, I think, I think with the way that Mike Pettin plays that Ben, but don't break defense, it allows Nick Mullins to get easy stuff and get close enough where I think that there's a chance that the 49ers put up three, four field goals, you know, on drives that, there's maybe one or two times where you don't, you know, that you stop, you get a turnover, but if, once they get close enough like that, like there's just no, there's nothing from this defense that show me that they, they can lock it down and, you know, give like not give up the points. So I, I, I think right around 31, 16, somewhere around there, like I can see one touchdown coming from the 49ers. And then a lot of, I I've heavily, like the kicker for is Robbie gold still with the, the 49ers. Yes, he is big, big game for him. Like, I, I think, I think it's a, a game that he comes out, plays, he gets a lot of opportunities because I think the way that Mike Patton comes, like I love gauge saying like, this should be the way that the game that Mike Patton changes, but I just don't think he does. I think Mike Patton plays this safe plays His style of defense gives up small points, small amount of points to the 49ers that keep them around in that ballpark. Um, but I mean, as we'll talk about with the offense, the offense, I think shouldn't have any problem scoring points, hopefully again. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you brought up the offense because by all accounts, you know, we're not entirely sure yet, but it does sound like Ellen Lazard is on the team plane to San Francisco and the Packers are still able to elevate him to the active roster or activate him. I should say from injured reserve same day. So they could get Ellen Lazard back, which would be pretty significant for this Packers offense, especially if they don't have Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers would get another one of his weapons back. So gauge, I always do this too, and you're on the show, but you always bring a fantasy perspective. So I guess considering uh, both rosters, but primarily the Packers, do you have, I guess the Niners would be more interesting here, but do you start anybody from the 49ers roster here on fantasy or is it, is it more of a green Bay show? Uh, It's definitely more of a green Bay show. I did. I actually just got done writing some stuff for dynasty nerds for my, I do running back start sits over there. Uh, Jamichael hasty is a sit of the week for me. Um, I think if you're starting anybody, it's Jarek McKinnon. Uh, If you're really desperate at quarterback, which is possible due to injuries by weeks and stuff like that. Like say you had Dak and then Jimmy G was your backup. And then now you have to start Nick Mullins. I don't think Nick Mullins is terrible. I don't like him at all. And you hopefully could get a better option, but you might not be able to. Like in our 14 team league that we're, I think that we're all three of us are in. Quarterbacks are not <laughs> easy to come by. I am feeling it this week. So you, so you might have to start Nick Mullins, which isn't terrible. And maybe you get lucky and he gets into kind of a track meet shootout game, which I know we don't all expect to happen, especially with his weapons being so, so injured and whatnot. But on the San Francisco side, there's just not much to look forward to. Maybe Ross Dwelly. Maybe he like revises that revitalizes that role that he had last year when Kittle went out and he was extremely effective. Granted it was with Jimmy G and not with uh, Nick Mullins, but not a lot to like there on the green Bay side of things. Uh, you're obviously starting Aaron Rodgers. You're starting Devonte Adams, who is a top five receiver for me this week um, at the running back position. If Aaron Jones plays, I'm playing him, but otherwise I'm not playing either one of Tyler Irvin or De- Dexter Williams. I just, I can't do it. It's, I can't do it. I don't think Tyler is going to have as much of a role as necessary. Dexter, I think, will have a couple snaps here and there. I honestly think that we see a lot of like empty sets or like a lot of like 
if, if you're Green Bay, manufacture, like maybe have Tyler Urban in the backfield, but not as a running back, more as like when Randall Cobb would motion into the backfield and generate runs, like sh- those short passes type deals. Do that. Manufacture touches for him, but don't like try and make him a handoff running back. That's not what he is. That's not why he's here. Um, if Alan Lazard's active, I'm playing him. But other than that, I don't really want to start any of these receivers. I like both Tunyon and Jay Sternberger, though. I think that if Lazard's not active, they both have a chance to have a big week, even against these talented linebackers that San Francisco has. That is the one area of San Francisco's defense. Even with Quan Alexander gone, their linebackers are still really good. Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are probably a top three linebacker duo in football right now. Like it's the argument can definitely be made for those two guys. And they have a good matchup against Tunyon and Sternberger, which will probably fly under the radar because national analysts don't know how to pay attention to that sort of thing. But if you get the chance tomorrow and tomorrow or tonight, when you're watching this game, watch Greenlaw and Warner on Sternberger and Tunyon. It'll be a really fun matchup to see. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, Dre Greenlaw was one of my draft crushes for the Packers, so that oh. hits that hits a little different for me, Gage. But, Dan, so then I guess a question for you, uh, knowing what Gage had said about fantasy, um, who is one of your players to watch for this Packers offense? I mean, are you holding out hope for Aaron Jones? Do you think that, like Gage said, we're not going to see a ton of running game regardless? Or, you know, the Packers have proven that when they run the ball, they can do it effectively. We saw that in the Vikings game, and then they kind of got away from it. And obviously now Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, potentially Aaron Jones aren't available. So what are you looking for from this offense tonight? I actually, I I agree. I, I like the tight end situation here because I think, if you're looking at this offense, if, even if it's just, let's say Devonte Adams and MVS are your, are your one and two wide receivers going to this game, like San Francisco has to respect that, especially with the lack of talent on the corner side in the secondary, like you have to respect not getting beat. Like if, if San Francisco goes that way and, and says, we're not going to get beat deep. That's, that's where, that's where Tunyon comes into play. Um, and I, I've been really happy too with how Sternberger has been coming on in the last uh, couple of weeks, especially he's, he's really starting to kind of fill into that role of the wide receiver. That's more just the, or the tight end. That's more just the wide receiver, like glorified wide receiver, the big slot point. role. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think that San Francisco focuses a lot more on that being beat by, Devonte Adams or respects the speed of MBS. And that opens up a lot more for, uh, for Tunyon and for, for Sternberg. So yeah, I love, I love those two because I, I agree. I don't think, gosh, I wouldn't be surprised if they run the ball like between 10 and 15 times, like, you know, just, just like almost the same that they did uh, against Minnesota, basically like not much running really just more the illusion of run coming at you, and and moving into a pass you know like 
Um, so pass catchers all across the board is what I'm looking at. And I really love the duo of, uh, of Tunyon and Sternberger. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think that the tight ends are going to have a big game. We kind of saw them emerging in the Vikings game. And unfortunately the Packers weren't able to capitalize on that. There were a couple opportunities left on the field for them. So theoretically against this 49ers defense, there will be opportunities there as well. So before we wrap things up for today's show, we do have, you know, obviously we talked about some of the injuries already. Kevin King has already been ruled out for the Packers secondary. Will Redmond and Vernon Scott have already been ruled out. Uh, Rick Wagner is questionable along with David Bakhtiari. So the Packers could be thin at tackle if neither of them are able to play. Um, And then for the 49ers, obviously they're pretty much their entire wide receiving core is questionable or on the COVID reserve list. So um, Dan, I'll start with you and then we'll flip it to gauge, but going into this game, what is, I guess the one matchup that you are really looking at to either be a make or break for this Packers team on Thursday night? Oh, that's a good question. I I think it has to be it has to be the Aaron Rodgers air show. Like if if the if the passing game isn't working for some reason, if it's if it's stalling kind of like what we saw in the second half against Minnesota, where the offense looks shaky on first and second down, and you're getting to third and third and long, and drives are starting to stall. I don't think that they can. The, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think it's a think. I know I they can't rely on their run game this week. Uh, so if that if that starts to stall and it's not working through the air, I don't know really what else you know you kind of look for. Like we've seen this offense when it's working at one hundred percent, it's scary and it's a lot of fun to watch. But there's been way too many times where once things start to just kind of uh, you know you're 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 squeezing the clutch and things are starting to stall on you a little bit. This offense kind of gets a little herky jerky and you can't get it open. And it allows teams to kind of stick with the Packers in situations where they should be blowing them out. Um, and that that's really the one thing that I think if that changes, if that doesn't work, San Francisco would hang around and make this a game. It's a Thursday night game. These always turn into, into clown shows at some point. So um if they can, if they can limit that, if they can start uh, get this offense to stall early on, um, especially first and second down, that'd be uh, that that would not be great for for the offense. That's the one thing. I, that's the one thing I think that if they can do that, then San Francisco has a chance. Other than that, though, it should be fairly easy. So then, Gage, I'll flip it and I'll give you the defense. We know that this 49ers offense is without Trent Williams going into tonight's matchup. So both teams theoretically without their left tackle. Um, the Packers have Chris Barnes as questionable with a shoulder injury. Kamal Martin is on the COVID reserve list. So they're a little thin and inside linebacker. Uh, whether or not they activate Christian Kirksey kind of remains to be seen. So what is your takeaway from this Packers offense and how it matches up against the 49ers defense? And, you know, what is kind of, I guess, a key position that you'll be looking at that could make or break this game? Uh, I think you meant to say how this Packers defense matches up against the 49ers offense. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, it, it all goes back to, like I said earlier, keep it simple. Don't try and do too much. And, and Dan, to tag off of what he said on offense, like, you know what works. Do what works. And on defense, you know what works. Be aggressive. Let your playmakers up front make plays. Let Z, Preston, uh, Kenny Clark, and Rashawn Gary, let them be aggressive and make plays up front. Force Mullins to be uncomfortable in the pocket. I don't care who your middle linebackers are, whether it's Oren Burks or Christian Kirksey, if he gets activated or just whoever you have out there, 
have them flowing downhill and because this de- or this offensive line is going to want to try and go side to side, but with Trent Williams out and with different running backs in there and with a different quarterback in there, they're not going to be able to. They're not going to have full access to their playbook. Be aggressive and force this offense to adjust to you. Don't adjust to it. Like don't adjust to it. Make make plays on your own and then make Kyle Shanahan be this offensive guru that he is. Kyle Shanahan's been one of the best offensive coaches in football over the last probably seven eight years. There's no doubt about it, but force him to adjust to you. Go into his place, punch his team in the mouth, and say, we're going to b- play our brand of defense today, and that's going to be an aggressive brand of defense with corners that, are, that can play man coverage with anybody on the outside. Kevin King's not in this game, and I don't care because with the injuries that San Francisco has, I'm not afraid of any wide receiver that they're trotting out there. None of them. Unless they're going to go sign the like the ghost of Jerry Rice, <laughs> and then that'd be kind of a fun show between him and Jair. But until, until then, what, you're afraid of what, Trent Taylor, Richie James? Come on. Come on. Go out. You know what they have to do. They have to run the ball on you. If you can keep them from running the ball, it's ball game. It's over. Doesn't matter how bad, your, how bad Green Bay's offense is. If San Francisco cannot run the ball, this game is over from the start. So that's what you have to do is go in and you have the advantage because of the talent and the investments you've made there, regardless of your injuries to inside linebacker and Kamal Martin having being on the COVID list and everything else. You have the pieces. Just go let them do their job. I've preached this on podcasts for the last month watching Green Bay do weird stuff on defense. Let them do what they're good at. Let, J- let Jair just be aggressive and play man coverage. Let Josh Jackson play man coverage. He's played well as of late. Let Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage kind of roam around and just make plays wherever they can. Just it's not it's not hard. It's not hard. There's a reason that New England, obviously, other than this year where they've been ravaged by all sorts of random things, they've been so good because they let their players do what they're good at. They don't ask them to do anything they're not. Just say, hey, you know what? You guys are great football players. Go out and make great plays tonight. That's all it takes. Yeah. Gage, it's it's 2020, man. The ghost of Jerry Rice coming out into this field on Thursday night football would not be the most surprising thing that I've seen this year. So <laughs> I wouldn't be, be careful. Be careful putting that in the universe, week, man. That, 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 would, that would be Seriously. like that'd be like fourth or fifth on the list for this week alone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I don't even know what else to say. I think that's the perfect way to end the show. I think that Packers fans are in for a, hopefully a good one tonight. And, you know, I I don't know if, you know, I've seen, I've seen takes on Twitter where it's, you know, can we really talk about exercising the demons that this Packers team has against a 49ers team that is not at full strength? But you take your W's when you can take them. You can only play the team that's in front of you. And this happens to be the game that the NFL has trotted out. So hopefully this is a cathartic release for this Packers team and they leave San Francisco six and two and, you know, kind of still in the, in the mix at the top of the NFC. So Dan, before we wrap things up, where can the people on social media find all of your work? Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm at DK all the way. Um, And then I've got stuff on, uh, on game on Wisconsin every single week, uh, every Wednesday night on the YouTube channel. Uh, doing Lombardi's Bar, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Lambo time. Uh, speaking Florio on social media every Friday. <laughs> a crowd favorite, apparently. Um, and uh, and my super scientific accredited NFL picks on Game On Wisconsin every every Sunday. I'm batting about 500 so far. So. <laughs> <laughs> they are incredibly scientific, yes. <laughs> oh, you. yes, yeah. Last week it was... Last week it was uh, 
serial mascots. This week it'll be Disney Channel original movies. Nice. Only the most scientific. I already can't wait. Gage, where can all of the people listening find all of your work? You can find me on Twitter at GBridgeford NFL. As always, I am live every Sunday morning and every Thursday evening uh, for Game on Wisconsin doing fantasy coverage. I'll also be doing the pre-snap for Game on Wisconsin tomorrow due to some uh, absences and illnesses to uh, your usual co-host for today. Um, I write for Dynasty Nerds generally two to three times a week, Rotoballer two to three times a week. I do rankings for Game on Wisconsin. Uh, I wear a lot of hats, and you can find all my work on my Twitter. You guys are so busy. I love it. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I podcast with Perry Goldstein on the Packs with Cheesehead podcast, dropping Fridays. You can catch me with Game on Wisconsin's Happy Hour on Mondays at 6 o'clock Lambo time. And, of course, I'm always with the Thursday Pack-A-Day podcast crew. But if you haven't checked out uh, yesterday's show, The Queens of Pack-A-Day, I highly encourage you to do that. So thank you, as always, for listening to the only Packers podcast that is available 365 days a year. Go Pack Go! (laughs) 